welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, on Friday afternoon on Market Talk, I talked with Ted Seifert of Zaner Ag Hedge as we recapped what was a wild week in the market trade. A lot of pressure throughout the grain sector, corn and wheat specifically, but even soybeans had an up and down week as well, finishing lower on the day Friday. This week ahead, a pivotal week with crop progress numbers Monday afternoon, and then the monthly WASDE crop report coming up on Friday. We continue to see a lot of challenges in the market trade trade right now and we talked with Ted about some of those things that we're watching throughout the ag trade. We're chasing headlines. Uh, that's definitely something that you know has been a thing for a while and we'll continue to do that. But in the meantime, you've got, you know, guys in the in the Dakotas that are just really struggling to get planted and and I think a lot of that acreage for corn's not going to get in. I don't think a whole about a whole lot of it's actually going to switch to soybeans either. It's just really going to go pre-men plant. Um, and then you've got a lot of people, a lot of reports widespread, you know, Illinois, Indiana, um, Ohio, uh, even Iowa saying, hey, our, we're, our emergence is really bad. We're having to come in and replant. That's been a little bit more of a problem I've heard for soybeans than corn, but in both places. Um, so on the production side of things, you have some, some pretty significant issues that are bubbling up. But those aren't the things that we're focused on, or at least we weren't this week. We will see if that shift happens next week, if we turn our attention to that a little bit more. But uh, again, you've got a whole lot of conflicting factors, Jesse. And, and we've talked at length, you and I have talked at length about how there is a bigger gorilla in the room here. And, and you know, you look at, at, at the corn balance sheet with about, a, let's just call it a 1.4 billion bushel carryover for this year and next projected. Um, and you say, hey, that's pretty bullish. You know, that probably justifies five fifty, maybe six dollar corn, but maybe not six ninety December corn and seven dollar plus old crop corn. A lot of that pricing you have to understand is part of this inflationary climate that we're in. And in the last few weeks, we've really been going back and forth on whether this inflationary bubble is bursting at this point. I do think, and I've said many times, that inflationary bubble will burst, and when it does. It's going to be a nasty thing for commodities, for the stock market, really for everything. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, hey, grain fundamentals are as bullish, if not more bullish than they were, you know, a few weeks ago uh, or than a few weeks ago. Yet we're sharply lower. Well, again, there's this outside market, this inflationary component. So it really makes me wonder if that's what we were seeing this week. And, uh, you know, I take pause because I've wanted to, I've been wanting to say that I don't think that inflationary bubble bursts until mid to late summer into fall and possibly winter. But the market this past couple of weeks have made me really question that. However, you go and you look at crude oil and they're on Friday up almost $3, challenging that 120 mark. And you say, uh, I don't know if this inflationary bubble has burst just yet. I really do get the feeling that people are going to go out and consume rather aggressively here for the over the course of the next one and a half to two months. And then I really worry about that inflationary bubble bursting. But for right now, you look at crude, you look at uh, gasoline demand, gasoline consumption, it is down 7% uh, from, from the five-year average. However, considering the prices that we're paying at the pump, which are way more than 7% over what they what the five-year average is, that's not a, a sharp enough reduction, in my opinion, Jesse, to say 
that high prices are causing demand destruction at this point, at least not to a significant enough level to really offset the tight balance sheets that we have really commodity wide energies and grains in particular. So again, I, I, I try to take this whole week in and, and look at it as a, as a, as one big picture. Uh, I think corn was due and needed a bit of a correction. I, I like the fact that we were able to hold some very key support in the form of our 100 day moving average. Uh, we didn't have a significant bounce off of it, at least not this week. But I look at the the problems that we're having on the supply side of things, on, on the production side of things. And I look at the strike that we're seeing in crude oil. And I look at, you know, uh, the RFS news was was pretty mixed on Friday. But overall, I think demand for ethanol is going to be really strong. Demand for biodiesel is going to be really strong. I don't think we're, I don't think we're done with this. You know, I, I think this week has scared a lot of people in feeling like the story is over maybe not just in grains, maybe in commodities as a whole, uh, but I'm not so sure. I'm not, I'm really skeptical about that. And now I'm watching it very closely and I really want to stress the idea, uh, the same idea we've been stressing basically for the last few months is, look, we're at great prices. Producers need to be making cash sales in order to protect their downside risk. But I'm also not giving up on my long positions here. I, I really do feel like having call spreads on going out through July and August is the right thing to do because, you know, generally multi-year bull markets don't end in a whimper. They end in a, a spectacular fashion of you know, some sort of train wreck. We haven't seen that yet. Uh, and watching crude, we haven't seen that yet. Uh, so again, Jesse, I, I really do think that we have to be cognizant about the prices that we're at, manage that risk. Weeks like this make us feel good about being 65% sold in new crop corn at this point. But also, I think you really want to keep that upside open. I don't think you give up hope on the idea that, hey, maybe things get a little bit spicier again before we say, hey, that's, you know, we, the party's over. I, again, I'm not, I'm not feeling like the party's over quite yet. Again, that's comments with Ted Seifert of Zaner Ag Hedge talking with him during last Friday's episode of Market Talk. You can listen back to the full episode online at markettalkag.com or via your favorite podcast sources. Also, the final regulatory actions on Friday by the EPA bring order and certainty back to the Renewable Fuel Standard, according to the Renewable Fuels Association. EPA finalized a strong renewable volume obligation, or RVO, for 2022, requiring the statutory volume of 15 billion gallons of conventional renewable fuel and 5.63 billion gallons of advanced biofuels. In accordance with the court order, the agency also finalized a supplemental requirement of 250 million gallons in 2022, to offset illegally waived volume from the 2016 RFS. In addition, EPA set the 2021 RVO for conventional renewable fuel at 13.79 billion gallons based on the latest estimates of actual consumption. Finally, EPA finalized the denial of 69 pending small refinery exemption petitions, ensuring that all refiners are held accountable and equally obligated to blend lower carbon, lower cost biofuels. RFA President and CEO Jeff Cooper said, quote, at long last, the RFS is being put back on track. Today's actions by EPA and the Biden administration restore integrity and stability to the RFS program after several years of wanton mismanagement and abuse by the previous administration, end quote. Again, EPA coming out with all of those numbers on Friday afternoon. That's going to do it for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.